Today's MMA T Company Fighter Spotlight is with Nick Harrington. Nick was supposed to be fighting here in a couple of weeks and uh, due to injury had to pull out of the fights. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about his career in grappling and the start of mixed martial arts. Uh, Nick, thanks for joining me. I uh, appreciate your time. Um, first surface level question, like we were talking beforehand, how are you feeling with your eye after, uh, you know, busting it up a couple of weeks ago? Um, I mean, they got me on a lot of pain meds, so I actually right now feel okay. But like in general, when I wake up in the morning, it's pretty awful. Uh, I broke, I didn't break like any, like the, so I broke my orbital bone, mm -hmm. but that's actually a bunch of bones. I'm just regurgitating things from people way smarter than me, but that's actually a bunch of bones. And I didn't break any of like the outside ones. I broke the three of these paper thin bones that hold your eye in place. So uh, I didn't really like, I kind of knew it when it happened, but then I went home and I sneezed and I blew up like that cowboy Cerrone fight. I blew up like that and just started pouring blood out of my nose and was like, all right, we got to go to the hospital, obviously. And yeah, that's, yeah they, it's not a good thing. Yeah, no, it's not ideal. But yeah, basically, I like I can't do anything strenuous because it's just muscles holding my eye up right now. So I can't, I'm even doing push-ups and like sets of 10 just to stay active, but not straining. Uh, they left me, they told me that like when I go to work, you know, I work in a, in a metal foundry, we do like anodizing dips and stuff. And I can't, if I have to breathe differently to lift it is how he described it. So like, you know, normally you can just carry stuff, but if I have to go <gasps> to get it, that's, I can't do that. I can apparently pop my eye off. Janky. I don't, I don't really know what would happen, but he made it sound all sorts of nasty. So I'm trying to avoid it. Uh, and this, you know, this was, this was a fight that was scheduled that, you know, was supposed to be your MMA debut. You were supposed to have yeah. an MMA debut previously, right? So yeah. <laughs> another time you go through a whole fight camp, get almost down to the wire, right? And then there's, yeah. there's no so fight. It's been progressing actually. So I got told early this year that like late spring, early summer, we were going to start looking at you know, it, depending on how COVID shook everything out. We were looking at a card there. We were talking to a matchmaker. He said he was looking for somebody. It didn't get beyond that level, but you know, it's, it, you know, you start to tell your you know, friends and family, Hey, watch out. I might have something coming up. Okay, cool. That was supposed to be like June or July, maybe, maybe August, the latest. And then the thing for September came around and we were like, okay, we're going to get you a fight. You're on the list. We're good to go. We got like three dudes we're looking at. And then uh, the one dude just like his coach agreed, I think, but he never agreed. I don't know. I don't want to put anybody's names in it. I don't even really remember who it was, but that was, but like, it was just a fiasco that got drawn out. And then they kept asking for other people that like I, as a fighter, I'll fight pretty much anybody. But my coach was like, Hey, we like these guys for like your third fight. We don't want them for your first fight. You know, they were a lot, you know, one of them, one of them is actually a friend of mine. I'll shout him out. Cause he's talented. Uh, Justin Piet from Chicago. He's like a D2 wrestler. He coaches a bunch and they're like, Hey, you know, we can fight guys at that level when you're, you know, two and oh, but as your debut with division two wrestler and still a coach and a stud is not the way to go. Like, okay, whatever. So that fell out, but we didn't know it was going to fall out until like two weeks. Cause we were still waiting for the guy to accept it. You know, we got it from his coach. We were good to go. So that happened. And then we're, they said, we'll get you on the next one. So the next one was December right away. We get an opponent. Well, they kind of, you know, we went back and forth on opponent, finally picked an opponent, got it good to go got all geared up, was losing weight. I was already down, like in the diet part of the cut, you know, we were, we were on track for that training, going good. And then, you know, we get a little, 
rowdy member of the gym and stuff happens. Now, when when this happened, I, I did get to read your Instagram post and it, it felt like it was very from the heart, right? And you were just, yeah, you know, you were upset. You were you were training for this fight. It's something that you've been yeah. looking forward to. Um, the way you put it, pretty much your entire life, right? You, you've been looking to get in the mean, cage for a very long time. Um, talk yeah. me through just kind of the wave of emotions that you had during that time of being like, this isn't just not going to happen for this fight, but now I'm out for, you know, an extended period of time and we're pushing yeah. all of this back. So, you know, it depends on what layer we want to look at it. But like, I got into fighting when I was 15, 16, and I got into it like kind of the wrong way. Mm-hmm. My friends and I watched the A team with Rampage Jackson, and they kept looking at him like this badass. And I was like, you know, what is, who is Rampage Jackson? And the first thing that comes up is him spiking Ricardo Arona's head into the next universe. And I was like, whatever that is, I got to do it. So my friends and I started buying gloves and we beat each other up for fun. Mm -hmm. But that went on for two, three years. Like we just thought it was really fun. But I was the only one that, I shouldn't say took it serious because I didn't get into a gym till I was 19. But like I would YouTube moves. And I was trying that Anderson Silva front kick on anybody who would let me do it. You know, so, and then at 19, I I got beat up by a dude who was training at the jujitsu gym I train at now. And he suggested him. So I showed up. So, you know, it's been five years of legitimately training even though I only picked up kickboxing about two and a half ago, two and a half years ago, two years ago, we're going to go with two. So I don't get yelled at. Um, you know, I, I was only ever doing jujitsu with the intention of it being a real fight. You know, I was only competing to get ready for real fights or, you know, to get closer, at least in my head. So, you know, that's the way I've always been thinking about it. But, you know, even, even now it's hard to tell people you train MMA or that you're a fighter or that you're going to be a fighter. And then you have to explain why your record is O and O. You know, it's, it's hard to put all the work in, you know, it's hard to do all of it. It's, it's a lot. And, you know, now for two full fight camps of just getting my ass whooped by, you know, Jordan Berg, who's three and O as a pro and a super stud, you know, and we got a couple of smaller guys in the gym who are one or two, one or two and O normally. And, you know, even they're beating on me. They're, they're talented as well, you know? It's, it's a lot to go through to not have the payoff at the end where you get to look at everybody and be like, look, this is what I've been talking about for the last decade of my life. You know, this is what I've been, this is why I've been skipping holidays and spending thousands of dollars on tournaments in Chicago and wherever else, you know, to finally have it culminate in something that's cool and that I can show everybody and that I can display, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm real. I'm like I'm a firm believer. I think at least that like one of the meanings of life is to collect blessings so you can give them to everybody else. And, you know that's why I'll act crazy and I'll wear pink shorts to jujitsu tournaments and I'll bleach my hair and do it all sorts of colors and I'll talk shit to people when I feel like I need to talk shit to them. But you know I just I want that attention so that I can turn and give it to everybody else. So to me it's 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 bigger than just me. You know it's given my dad something to brag about me at at work. You know. And it's given my coach another person to put on the website and be like, hey, we raised this guy. You know, it's it's collecting those eyes for me, sure, but then to just pass it along to the people I love and that I care about. So when I when a fight comes through, especially this close, where we've already dieted down and we've bought tickets and we've scheduled, not just me scheduled hotel, but 20, 30 other people to all drive down and we're selling t-shirts. And well, what are you buying a t-shirt for now? You know, I'm, I'm not a fighter yet. I don't have a fight coming up now. Now it feels even weird for me, you know, pumping it to people. You know, it's, it's just, it's weird. It's like an embarrassment in a, in a, in a way. And it's, it's, 
it's just it's more than like a hobby that got taken from me albeit temporarily i mean i'll probably fight in april or whenever i can heal up and get training but after it after it being like the second slash third time depending on how close we are it becomes a weird like boy who cried wolf thing like now i'm gonna feel bad when my fight comes around in april when i'm like hey mom I know you bought tickets last time and I know you had to argue to get a refund and I know you had to cancel a hotel, but we're going to do it again. This time it's going to happen. You know, it's all of it is just a weird mix of emotions on top of the fact that I can't sleep on the right side of my head without potentially going blind. You know, there's that factor mixed in there too, that that's, that's an emotion to deal with in and of itself. And there's such a, and, and, and I've had to pull out of fights and I've had people pull out of fights and there's such a, a feeling of guilt right? Where it's not even something that you did on purpose or that you can even really control. Like people get hurt in the gym all the time, but at the same time, you feel that guilt because you want to, you want to go out and show your friends and family why you skipped all those things, why you've been doing all these things. Like my favorite thing with fighting was always, if I would go from like a jujitsu tournament to an MMA fight to show the people that followed me, how I've progressed, like, and then from one Mm -hmm. fight to the next. Um, and it seems like you're kind of in that same vein where, mm-hmm. you know, you want your dad to be proud of you at work. So your dad probably has watched you train or he comes to your tournaments or those different things. So for him, was to about watch, him yeah. yeah, from to watch the progression from like that first white belt tournament where, yeah. you know, nobody knows what they're doing to then, you know, you going out and, and getting in a in a cage fight and and potentially winning that fight. You know, there's there's a lot of pride that comes with that for mm-hmm. everybody that comes to see you. Um did you have people reaching out to you saying, you know, you're probably apologizing to people and being like, Hey, I'm sorry. The fight's off. If people are probably yeah. coming back to you and being like, Hey, it's okay. Like, it's not your fault. Like, is there yeah. people giving you encouraging words and reaching out and things like that? I have had no one respond negatively, but that doesn't change the emotion, which is the <laughs> other weird part, you know, yep. where it's like, well, you know, wait, we bought shirts because we support you, whether it's now or four months from now. It's like, yeah, I know. But I was selling them in lead up to a fight. So sorry about that part, I guess, you know, or I mean, anything really. It, it is cool. You know, for my dad, my dad's progressed already because I've done these like jujitsu super fights. Like one of them, I got flown to Florida, um, Vigilant MMA. Shout mm-hmm. out to them, Brandon Lee. He flew me down there. You know, I grappled on pay-per-view. Uh, I'd been doing jujitsu for three years at that point. I fought a dude on two hours notice who had been a purple belt for the same three years, you know, but it's like my dad got to tell everybody who watched me on pay-per-view that weekend, you know, the, the progression from I picked up a new hobby and I do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays to that is, is wild and it's cool. But, you know, it's a lot easier for my dad to walk in there. And my dad just left hook this kid in the face, you know, it's a lot easier than explaining that jujitsu is just spicy high school wrestling, you know? And speaking of high school wrestling, did you wrestle in high school? Did you have a grappling background? No nothing no no i literally got beat up in my bedroom by a dude who trained at green bay jiu-jitsu and he was like hey these guys are good you should go there and then i did and i just been they've been putting up with me for like five years the coach there is uh his name is andy Kazik. well one of the coaches mm-hmm. andy Kazik was i think 2003 he was a d3 national champion so a lot of our warm-ups are wrestling i, don't know, I mean he he just kind of beat up on me till i figured it out <laughs> Well, I'm not going to say I can wrestle. I'm just going to say that, like, so my my theory when I go into jujitsu matches is I'll kind of do stuff that I feel like wrestlers would do. And if they react like a jujitsu guy, I'll take them down to make myself feel better. But if they react in any sort of educated wrestling way, I pull guard instantly. So you're kind of like me and you have a decent wrestling base for someone who didn't wrestle. But then there's yeah. those guys that wrestled for 15 years and you're like, I'm just going to sit in my butt. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like um, I have this one little fake that I saw. I was watching something on Flow Wrestling. I don't even remember who did it. I think it was Suriano because I like him. Nikki Pushups out at Rutgers. He'll like touch their head and then he kind of drops his level like super exaggerated and touches the side of their knee. And if they don't do, if they do stuff that looks like they wrestle, I just pull from there. I'm just, I'm not dealing with it. I'm not getting slammed. I got slammed on my neck once as a white belt. And that was pretty much enough for me to be like, look, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not going to pretend I do. Uh, So you have no real, right, like combat background in terms of wrestling or even like one-on-one sports right so what was the the mentality for you like going from just kind of a backyard brawler with your friends to then you know not long after that you're doing jujitsu tournaments and that's that one-on-one setting to then actually being on Mm -hmm. pay-per-view and being at these super fights in not a very long time span i mean guys are wrestling from the time they're three and by the time they're six they have 150 200 matches where you know, you're an adult at this point, you have to kind of learn that whole mental side of this one-on-one competition. So I, it, there was a, there was a thing that switched. I mean, part of it is just like, you know, what everybody else says, we're like, you know, you get picked on in school. They sent me to the rich kid school. I was the only kid on food stamps. So I'm bound to just be angry as a whole. And they're bound to poke at me, which makes me more angry. You know, there's some of that, but also like in team sports, I didn't realize this until it changed. But in team sports, I never wanted the ball in the fourth quarter. I never wanted to take the last shot. I never wanted to be at the free throw line like Kobe at the end of the game. You know, I never wanted to be that kid. And then uh, as I started to do jujitsu a little bit and started to trust myself and started to notice that I knew things, I started to notice also that like when I played basketball for what I, you know, for what I did average, it was always, well, you won because you got so-and-so on your team and I was never (laughs) so-and-so. And it's like, no, hold on a second. Now that I got older and I get to look back and now I'm in jujitsu tournaments and I did that first one and I got my ass beat, but I got my ass beat. I didn't get my ass beat in like a basketball game where I only played 12 minutes of a 48 minute game, but I got to sit here and deal with it. Like I was on the floor for 36 minutes. I got my ass beat. I was like, there's something cool about that. And then I went to the next tournament and I golded, but I golded. No one could look at me and go, oh, you golded because so-and-so you did that. And as soon as I felt that gold medal in my second tournament, and nobody could take it away. I was like, this is the greatest feeling of all time. Like, this is this is undisputedly mine. No one can say a damn thing. You know, I'm not going to be that Patrick McCaw guy who won three finals in three straight years and didn't play a single minute. Like, that, that's, that won't be me. You know, I'm doing whatever this combat sport thing is, whichever sport I join, whatever it is, that's, this is, whatever I win is mine. So, fuck everybody, respectfully. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's the weirdest feeling, right? Because while it is an individual sport from the time that you step on the mat or step in the cage or step in the mm-hmm. ring, leading up until that point, if you don't have a good team around you, yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do, right? You see guys yeah. come into these fights all the time and they're like uh, fighting out of a gym and they're fighting, you know, um, you know, by themselves or they're, you know, not on yeah. a team. And you rarely see those people do very well outside of no, like yeah. 0-1, 0-0, type of fight once you get into the three four fight rankings they're not doing very well so you know what what's that like for you to be like doing these things individually right but then at the same time you do have a team to go back to you have a coach to bounce things off of and uh it's a very selfish sport but at the same time you have to work as a team um i love it especially the mma coach will make shit just about me like for fight camp i was the only one in fight camp so it was just about me that was it 
So, but like, you know, we're friends on Facebook. So either one of them, I'll just send them a clip that I saw and it could be three in the morning. They might be up. If not, I'll get a response when they get up for work or whatever. You know, I'll see some, oh, TJ Dillashaw just posted this. And I think it's kind of cool. What do you think? Well, you shouldn't be shuffling like that yet. You're not at that level. Okay, fair enough. You know, whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's hard, but it's cool. Like I said, like I win the fights and I lose the fights, but in so many ways, they win the fights and they lose the fights by, you know, what they show me and what they make me do in the gym. Cause I'll be honest, I don't want to do a damn thing in the gym, but as soon as they tell me to do it, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it, it, I mean, most of it is their brains. I mean, if we really think about it, I'm just regurgitating whatever they've taught me over the extent of time I've been at their gym. So outside of a couple BJJ fanatics instructionals I bought, I'm pretty much just a regurgitation of whatever they can teach me and get to stick, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the same thing going back to point one where it said, you know, I, I said, I'm just collecting blessings to give them to other people. And a lot of it is that too. Like I, I am collecting these things because they feel good to me, but what feels even better is getting to turn around and go, Hey, title time MMA and green major jitsu shout out to these guys. You know, I have to get that to give it to them and I get to pass it down to my kids, but also I get to pass it along to them as my version of, of the best thank you I can give, I guess, you know, I don't have too much else to give them. Yeah. And but, as someone who coaches, it's, it's the greatest feeling in the world when it's basically like playing a video game, right? And you just can yeah. <laughs> shout out exactly what you want that athlete to do and they do it. And then at this, the opposite of that is, like you said, if, if you can't regurgitate it, it, you feel like you're failing them as a coach, right? Yeah. When they're not, when they're not doing those things. So, um, you know, shout out to all your coaches, right? Cause it's, it's a hard job them. and it sucks. All of them. It's great, all but it them. sucks at the same time. <laughs> Especially dealing with me, dude, I'm so hard to deal with. I've already told them too. That's like, especially in jujitsu tournaments, you know, cause you can't really feel what I'm feeling on the mat necessarily. So even though they're smarter than me, I'm like, don't try to command me like a video game. Cause if I feel something or it doesn't shoot in my head, I'm not going to do it. And you're going to get mad. So just give me ideas and I'll take one of the ideas, but you got to present it like a multiple choice. Yeah, coaching so, you know, for I'm, me, I've, I've always been, I was always more nervous coaching than fighting. Cause it's the yeah. thing that you can't control, right? When you're out there, like you said, if you feel it and you get ideas, you can do it. But as the yeah. coach, you're just hoping that you can do that as the as the athlete can do it. Yeah, well, that, you know, even bigger picture, like, I don't care if I get my ass beat. Mm -hmm. I care that my mom gets nervous having to sit front row to watch me get my ass beat. You know, I care that I walked out there in my in my gym's shorts and, and shirt and everything, and I'm getting my ass beat wearing their stuff so they look like idiots because yeah. I'm getting my ass beat. I don't care, you know, I don't, like, if the broken eye happened in my fight, I wouldn't have cared, but... I care on behalf of them, you know, I can picture my mom over there getting all mad doing this number from the third row. And it's like, well, that makes me more, I care more about that than the actual physical damage. You know, and it's this, it's the same thing when you coach or you even just cornering your buddies at a jujitsu tournament in between your matches. It's like, I know how bad it hurts me to lose, but I don't want to see you like that. And that matters more to me than like my, my emotions. I'll get over, you know, I'll go, roll a joint or whatever and i'll be over it in a couple hours but you know you guys you know you i saw how hard you worked i didn't see how hard i worked mm -hmm. yeah, so, and you know. speaking of you know speaking of getting over things you said you might be fighting in april right but it, hoping. It, it hoping to fight in april what what's recovery look like from here until you're able to go back like what did the doctors say are you gonna be able you you said you're hoping to fight in, in april are you gonna you know are they optimistic you can fight again or are they optimistic yeah you oh I, so i can fight again 
I can fight again because I said no to a surgery. So technically speaking, because of what happened, my eye is sitting like millimeters further back in my eye socket than it normally would. Um, and obviously if it gets broken again, it's a serious problem. Sure. But as of right now, they offered a surgery that was mostly cosmetic. And I said, no, because if I did get the surgery, I couldn't ever fight again. Mm -hmm. Um, at, technically speaking, the recovery is six weeks of absolutely no strain whatsoever. I can't blow my nose because the pressure will knock the bones out of place or whatever. I can't sneeze. I have to do the little thing out of my mouth. It's very annoying. Like I said, I can't sleep on that side of my face. I can't. I was showing my girlfriend something from, I think, the Tank Davis fight. She accidentally knuckle bumped my head, not even a punch, and that caused a headache. Like, I can't do anything for six weeks so after new year's then i can start to work out a little bit i'll get on the bike i'll hit some mitts probably jump rope you know do things that are non-contact and then that's about six weeks six to eight weeks of that i can start to experiment with full live go grappling probably like flow spar and everything mm -hmm. and then from there i you know if i can flow spar i can regular spar at least in my head. So I'll probably rush that last three weeks of gray area that's on my little sheet here. So, at, you know, at that if, point, I, if, if I, you can flow, you're good to go. Yeah. If I can get back to sparring by the beginning of March, I don't see any reason I can't fight April. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to your amateur debut for a while. You know, love watching your jujitsu tournament. Me too. Like that. Um, you know, see that right there. That's important though. Let's side note that you said you love watching my jujitsu tournaments. That part's important. I try real hard on that. I hate people going out there like, oh, I wrestled. Let's just get two points and hump his leg. Like, don't, don't do that. You know, I'm going to do the crazy hair. I'm going to wear the crazy shorts. I want, I mean, it's a, it's not a spectator sport, but if it is when I'm up there, then that's all that matters to me. It should be. Uh, more people making it a spectator sport might get it some more looks for the, uh, the Olympics. Cause right now, I right. Think the, uh, the overall Olympics? consensus is that the Olympic committee thinks it's boring. So to make it not boring, we need something. Right. Well, see, that was another thing too, is my dad doesn't like it at all. My dad hates basically anything but MMA. Cause even boxing, he gets mad that they're not kneeing each other. Like he just needs constant action. Mm -hmm. So he watched, he came to a couple of my jujitsu tournaments. He comes to about one a year. My mom will drag him to, to be nice. And he'll watch everybody else. Like, man, what the hell is this? And then I go out there and just immediately, Imanari roll into a heel hook and a you know get fired up about something that I probably shouldn't have been fired up about start giving people hand gestures you know and all that and he's like all right I'll watch you this is good and that's I mean if you can make him think wrestling is entertaining then I guess I'm doing all right he <laughs> he hates it <laughs> good I'm glad you can keep him entertained then um well, you, you too know. yeah oh yeah absolutely um you know we're looking forward to seeing more of that rest up um, you know, get that eye healed up, and we'll see you back in the cage in 2022. Sooner rather than later, hopefully. Yes, thank sir, you absolutely. very much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. All right, thanks.